Welcome to followtheboat.com. Tales not just from the high seas. These are the podcast adventures of Liz and Jamie as they travel through the Indian subcontinent. When we left you last week, we had wandered the back streets of Jaipur, the city of victory. The area within the old crenellated walls is known as the Pink City, which takes on a beautiful peachy hue as the sun settles behind the horizon. Weaving our way past the artisans of these cool back streets, we arrive at one of the many wide avenues by the Iswari Minar Swagasal, or the heaven-piercing minaret. Here, we cross the street and wander towards the city palace. The city palace was built by Maharaja Jai Singh II, who lived from 1693 to 1743. He gave Jaipur its name. Most of the interior of the palace dates from the 19th century, including the Mubarak Mahal, the Welcome Palace. The Chandra Mahal remains the present-day residence of the descendants of the Maharaja. Right, we've made it. We're at the city palace. I'm told it began in 1725. And it's a great sprawling mass of buildings. The first building we hit is the Palace Atelier, which is where the royal family lived. And it's now turned into a museum with a textile gallery. Contrary to what we were told, there are no shops here. It's very peaceful. There are a few people looking after the place. And mostly it's tourists. I should think more Indian tourists than uh, foreign tourists. Gently strolling and quietly and reverentially looking around the gardens and around the buildings here. The building's actually very gorgeous, this very first building you see, hugely decorated on a couple of levels and with a a roof terrace as well. Highly worked decorative trellising around the doors and in the windows and on the balcony. It's a um, creamy, yellowy, creamy colour. And the colours that are used around the windows are gentle pastel colours that are quite in keeping with the, the main cream colour in the background so that it's not overly florid like some of the Indian work that we've seen. In fact, the, the painted walls and ceilings, which we also have in our hotel, I've been told are all natural dyes and colours taken from vegetation and from the rocks and some of them have lasted for a very long time so because they're natural products they're not as bright as perhaps the more synthetic products we see nowadays they blend well together too it's a very pretty beautiful welcoming palace which would have been the first building that any visitors would have seen and indeed we're seeing here today So this palace that we see as we come in here, the Welcome Palace, is called the Mubarak Mahal and is in fact only 100 years old. It's much later. It's made of sandstone, marble. It's in keeping with the rest of it, but much more highly decorative. 
Going to go and have a look at the textiles inside now. The first room in the museum as we come in is full of chowgas. That's the Maharaja's chowgas there. The jackets he would have worn over his clothes and they're incredibly highly decorated with minute embroidery in gold over red mostly, some other colours. Fantastic silks, mainly cottons perhaps, some of these. There's one here that's decorated on a kind of net background. They are beautiful. They're a little faded, some of the colours, but the kind of thing that you'd pay God knows how much nowadays for, but very beautiful. Nicely presented behind uh, glass here. This is my idea of vintage clothing, I tell you. Well, we're in the armoury section now, and I guess being the, the bloke, it's my turn to talk about this because it's full of big boys' toys. Uh, the Rajasthanis were a big warrior race. If you look at some of the armoury they used in battle, you'll understand why. Some of these tools are gruesome. From the very famous daggers, uh, which were unique to India, kind of uh, two handles almost uh, that you grip so that your uh, fist is protected. And these are very unique, long diamond-shaped blades. To the chainmail piercing knives, huge serrated bread knives serrated on both sides very very gruesome and then in the corner there's a, what looks like some kind of armory a coft I don't know what a coft is but I imagine it's worn around the trunk of the of the body and next to that is the helmet that accompanies it now these aren't just functional the detail on these iron pieces of uh, armoury are incredible. I don't quite know what they've done. I think they've probably etched it. And it says it's made of iron, but it looks like gold. Wonderful, wonderful pieces. And the coft itself even is inlaid with an embroidered pink pattern, uh, patterned, uh, a quilted sort of inlaid, I guess to make it more comfortable, because I'm sure it must be very heavy to wear these things. And can you imagine wearing all this gear in this heat? I'm from England. Where are you from? Pakistan. Can I talk to you? Yeah. Are you a warrior? Yeah. Do you do you I'm use these? Yeah, soldiers. Yes. Can you tell me about the ceiling up here? The original is 250 years old. Never retouched. It's never been retouched. Gold, sapphire, ruby, colors made of gemstones. Wow, so this is in this section. So this is gold, rubies and sapphires. Gold, sapphire, ruby, persistent colour. And it's beautiful. And, and also some mirrored uh, glass as well. is from Lady's Palace. Now what about this? This has been painted, hasn't it? This is different. The painting of Rajasthan. Raga, actually. Okay, and how old is this? The same face. And has this ever been repainted? Never, never retouched. It's absolutely beautiful. The ceiling as well of this great big armory also in the corner there we have a section that's uh, closed off isn't it but uh, this closed off section has some wonderful Today displays of, uh, Maharajas of weapons here can you talk to me about these knives these here knives swords dagger arrows bow axe originally is 500 years old well that because the way they've been displayed they've actually been displayed symmetrically mounted on the walls so we've got arrows seals Swords, daggers, arrows, I mean, swords of all different shapes and sizes. Beautiful dagger, 
Okay, we're now moving over to another glass case with more daggers. Now, this dagger here has two pistols the either pistol side of it. So the da you hold it with your with fingers, like as if you clench your fist, yeah. and then the two fingers, your little finger and your index finger, pull yeah. the triggers. So you stab your enemy and you shoot him. Okay, and you ra you wrap it round your wrist. Okay. Dagger with seizure also, two in one. So this is twin bladed dagger. Yeah, three blades. Okay, so it looks like one dagger. You insert it into your enemy and then you pull it and the blade opens up inside the body. And you see again the sword with pistol also. Yeah, now this is a long sword, about probably a meter long, Top with of, uh, again guns also. with another pistol on it. And this is a gunpowder flask. Yes, because behind us we've got the blunderbusses, haven't we? The, these are typical of uh, India, what you'd imagine uh, warriors to use. England, 1750. They're, they're English? English guns, 1750, all blunderbuss. So these are made of wood and iron, iron flintlock, and they're 19th century, and they're made in England. And again, beautifully uh, carved. Uh, the, the barrels are carved. Tell me about this. This is called a spearhead with percussion cap pistol. Two in one. It's a two in one. What does it do? Gun also and a spear also. Two in one also. And so you can fire the gun, and then underneath it there's a spear. Wow, that 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 looks. I've never seen anything like that before. That looks really gruesome. Yes. Now now we're looking at a crossbow. A crossbow actually. Two in one. In the 17th centuries. And that pistol is a four barrel, one time load, one by one, is fire, look like machines. This is the sort of thing you'd expect to see in the Matrix, this is a four barreled, semi, is it kind of an automatic? One time load and one by one is fire. And this is a tiger claw, for his finger on Maharaja. Okay, and so that, that, that's called a tiger's claw, which you, you, you put your two fingers in and uh, like, like a kung fu movie, it's got four very sharp claws on it. These really are very, very gruesome looking weapons. Made of jades. So that's a jade belt buckle and archer's rings. I mean, the detail on these things, from the shaft of the guns to the archer's rings, uh, are, are really quite exquisite. <laughs> they're, they're very beautiful objects. Now we're going back to the, the one I was talking about earlier. Now these are chain, chain, chain mail. Uh, yeah, cut off chain mail. There's two, two hand, the single hand sold. So these are at least a meter long. This one looks like a curved bread knife. And the other one here is like a really big long dagger. Uh, the blade itself is probably about two thirds of a meter long, serrated on both sides, and a large, large wooden handle. How many hands? Two hands or one hand? This is uh, two hands, and this is one hand. Okay, so the curved one is a one hand, and the, the big one I just described, you'd have to use both hands. How old is this? The 16th century, Lucifer Maharaja went to fight. That's the uh, chain mail. 70 pounds. 70 pounds? Yeah. Chain armor. In weight. Helmets, uh, and the support cover of. Uh, okay, so we've got the arm guards as well, which go over the, uh, the, f the forearms, I guess. And, and the, the helmets, which are, again, extremely ornate. And then on the right hand side, we've got a back scratcher. Okay, and again, uh, we've got many, many hundreds of knives mounted on the walls on these kind of wooden plaques uh, with an elephant. And then a, who's the, the god there? Who is that? This is from Kali, one of a painting of a wife of Lord Shiva. Okay, Shiva's wife. And she is surrounded by more daggers, scythes, swords, 
all of different shapes and sizes, axes, crystals, arrows, shields made of rhino skin, crocodiles, shields made of leather. Okay, crocodile leather. Crocodile leather. Okay, we're looking now at a shield, uh, which is probably about half a a metre in uh, diameter. It has a crescent on it, a gold crescent made of crocodile. So that's crocodile skin. And then next to it is a, an axe, axe cum gun. Uh, yes, of course. There's a, flis- there's a pistol on the axe. Second one is axe with knife with a look like walking stick with a gun also. Okay, so you take the knife out of the sheath yes, of the axe. Yep. Yep. This yep. is called trigger. Okay, we've got the trigger at the bottom. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and some knife made of ceremonial, made of jade, ivory and crystal handles. So these are just ceremonial, but again, Jades. they look very dangerous. Ivory and crystal handles, 16, 17 centuries. Mm. Can you tell me about this coft here? I want to just talk quickly about this. I was talking about this earlier, and I think this is worn around the trunk. So this coft, uh, you wear it like this. Yeah. Under of a chain armor. So you put it underneath the underneath chain, armor. So, chain armor. So we've got 70 pounds of chain. Total, uh, total is weight of uh, 70 pounds is 35 kgs. So you're carrying 35 kilos. Chain armors, chest plates, and this is from kings, maharajas, not soldiers. Ah, this is what the king would wear. Yeah. One of Arjaman Singh first, he was actually chief commander of Akbar armies. This, I think, is probably my favorite piece of armory, actually, because the detail on this, this is the, uh, we're looking at the helmet now, the iron helmet. So it's got a hole in it. So do we think this is possibly where he was shot, maybe? Yeah, sure, top. Pistols and guns. And how, how is the pattern made? Is that etched? Scra- scratched? No, the, this the, is the a gold, uh, gold work actually. Helmet work of gold leaves. So mm. it's gold leaf on iron. Beautiful. Iron and chest plate also. Tranquility. Silence. We're in the Pritam Niwas courtyard of the Maharaja Sawi Man Singh city palace in Jaipur. And uh, this particular courtyard is right in front of the Chandra Mahal. And the Chandra Mahal is where the royal family of Rajasthan lives. And very beautiful it is too from the outside. Painted a, a lemony yellow, a lemony cream really, with um, pink top notes, peachy pink patterns around the window and on the trellising it goes up apparently to about five stories and I'm told that it, there's a spectacular view to be had at the top if you want to have a tour around the palace itself where the family live you can, it is two and a half thousand rupees each five thousand rupees which is seventy five quid, something like that, eighty quid so I don't think we're going to do that but we're just enjoying sitting here in this beautiful courtyard around which are four main doors. We came through the monsoon door. The four seasons are represented here in the doors. And it's got peacocks all round it. Incredibly detailed artwork in kind of mosaics and painting. Absolutely stunning. The door itself is brass, and all of them are brass. The one opposite is spring and is in every shade of green to represent feathers and shooting leaves and rebirth and the renewal of the year. And the other two are 
One is lotus flowers, representing, I believe, winter. And the the fourth one, I'm quite sure what it is, but again, it's in greens and blues and golds and represents the final season. Courtyard itself uh, is, has got four tents erected in it. One is in gold, one is in dark brown, chocolate brown, one is in the brightest fuchsia pink imaginable, and the final one is in a beautiful aqua turquoise colour. Within each one, there are low seats and small tables. Now, there's either something about to happen or something has happened here, because this is definitely a scene for something. There's a stage with an enormous sound system set up, and behind me, there's uh, what looks like a kind of bar area. There's a great deal of um, flower arranging going on and beautiful, stunning flower arrangements. I can't tell you how beautiful they are. Roses in every single shade of coral you can imagine covering two large pillar areas and roses dotted around the whole place. Courtyard itself has a gallery around the top and shaded areas either side with columns. The flagstones are interrupted in the middle with a slightly raised area that's being washed by hand by two young lads and it's tiled I think it's tiled looks like tiles in um, a pattern in blues and turquoises and around it is a, a rigged lighting area which is probably means that's going to be a dance area I would imagine so I think the royal family are going to be up to something very soon some kind of party I wonder if it's a wedding or something I don't know but whatever it is it's going to be stunning I am told however that this area is often used for Bollywood movies so if you're a Bollywood movie fanatic you will definitely have seen this courtyard before it's a gorgeous place to be in it's very very peaceful extremely beautiful that's royalty for you they always find the best places just outside the entrance to the armory we have a corridor which is on both sides lined with very large paintings of the armies going into battle so we have lots of battle scenes here they seem to be non-specific we just have a war between the gods and the demons in one of them and another one which looks like it's unfinished but with incredible detail. This is, this is incomplete, yes? Incomplete painting. This 17th century painting, incomplete painting is better filled. Different collection of arms or soldiers. So it's depicting a, a, a one army in the centre and they're surrounded by the other army all the way this around. Usually daggers, guns, axe, knife. Different kind of. And who collection. who are the? What are the two armies? So, on, well, this is an army of uh, this is Maratha, fighting of uh, king of uh, Mughal. So in the centre, one of the few uh, yes. few bits that's been painted, Mughal we can Emperor. see the the flag of the Maratha, and the uh, and the king himself sitting astride an elephant, and those are the only bits that have been painted. The rest appears to be unfinished. Guns, knives, daggers, swords, 16th, 17th century. That's all you need to know about the City Palace Armoury. That and the fact that the Indians and the Brits invented some of the most murderous weapons I've ever seen. Tired from our day's walk, we decided to take a novel form of transport back to our hotel. Sadly, our driver wasn't sure where he was heading, something he would pay for. 
Oh, it's been a long day and it's now dark and we were walking back to the hotel and realised that we weren't getting very far so Liz had the wonderful idea of getting a cycle rickshaw. So all day we've been uh, touted for business by young lads, 18 year olds and in fact as I speak now there's an 18 year old cycling past on his bicycle rickshaw and who do we pick up? The oldest rickshaw cyclist in the whole of Jaipur. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to say he's doing quite a pace now. He's do, he must be doing at least ooh, seven knots. <laughs> good wind, good wind behind him. Uh, we've got still got quite a way to go as well. But um, I hope his heart <laughs> sorry, I just hope his heart doesn't give out. I think if it were me, my heart would have given out streets back. Um, he didn't know where he was going, so we got a shopkeeper to help us. And uh, I obviously look quite concerned because the shopkeeper just shouted, Smile! 30 rupees. I think it's 30 rupees minimum charge. Anyway, enjoy the delights of the uh, dusk, dusky, dusty streets of Jaipur. It's quite comfortable. Yeah, we've actually decided it's more comfortable than a rickshaw. I think the problem with the rickshaws is they go so fast... I don't think about the bumps, but this guy's been very careful. We just went down a little slope, which was quite good fun, until we got to the bottom and hit some uh, uh, some off-road. And it was a bit bumpy, but, but aside from that, it's actually quite good fun. So it's much more comfortable than I thought it was going to be, and it's quite sedate, and I'm enjoying it. I'm relieved to be sitting down, actually. I don't know whether to keep the podcast recorder on just to record the accident that we're going to have. <laughs> It'll be very slow if we do. Slow motion accident. Oh, bit of a bump there. So, do you remember what happened next? We didn't have an accident as such, but our driver was seriously reprimanded by a traffic policeman for putting us in danger by cycling up a busy four-lane street the wrong way. Yes, and when you say reprimanded, you mean reprimanded with a few lashings from a policeman's cane. Look, very, very dangerous accident. Okay. One way. Okay, there's oh. no need to hit him, though. There's no need to hit him. You hit him. That's not very nice. Look. We're trying to get to... I am new at. Do you know this? One minute. One minute. Okay, what you're missing here is, when I turn the podcast recorder off... He decided to go down one street and we told him it was actually the wrong way, which it was. However, it was a one-way street and a copper came running down, started beating him. I'm with the copper now. We want to get on Okay, we know it's that way, but he can't he can't go that way. As is typical in India, every passerby wants to help, and before we know it, we are in conference with the policeman, passing commuters, shop owners, and the rickshaw driver, though he was keeping his distance. Okay, don't, don't, don't hit him next time. Thank you very much for your help. Now, what, what did you think of that? I just can't quite believe that that bloke just came up to him and just started beating him in front of us. It's just appalling. Um, and our driver was didn't know where he was going. We told him we needed to go right. 
got four lanes of oncoming traffic he pedalled into up the in- inside and uh, this tall policeman just came over and beat him so yes our driver's an idiot for doing that he hasn't even got any lights on and it was very dangerous but on the other hand he doesn't need to be beaten around the arm so Jamie just screamed at the policeman to t- told him to sh- stop doing that and you then screamed at me to tell me to stop screaming at the policeman but uh, I just I was just gobsmacked at what I just saw I could not believe it the poor guy this poor uh, the oldest rickshaw driver in Jaipur um, cowering as this bloke rained down on him with this okay albeit probably just a bamboo stick but um, it was completely unnecessary I was worried it was going to start beating you which is why I think well I, I don't think it'd start beating me I'm a tourist well no it's just, no it's um, he's a traffic police and this is India I just can't believe that he would start beating a tourist but anyway that's by the beside the point don't like seeing that kind of brutality on anyone tourist or, or local rickshaw driver bit of excitement wasn't it it was and um i think we have to stick with this bloke now so we might be turning this podcast podcast in for another hour as we try and find the hotel <laughs> i think we are pointing in the right direction now and it's obviously given a bit of energy because he's just overtaken the youngest rickshaw driver in the west who's only cycling along with one passenger a skinny little Indian and he's got this guy's got two big fat westerners so he's doing quite well now he's obviously uh, adrenaline has kicked in and um, I don't mind about the cock up I think he deserves a little tip doesn't he yeah definitely uh, poor bloke he needs the money he's worked hard had a bit of a shot he's probably got a bit of a bruise on his arm and, uh, he doesn't deserve that nobody does That was a bit of excitement for the day, wasn't it? Next week, we do a spot of astronomy at Maharaja Jai Singh II's Jantar Mantar. Follow the boat is a travelogue covering our exploits both at sea and on land. The podcasts are just a small part of our personal odyssey. We invite you to visit followtheboat.com and share our adventure. Tonight.